Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This show is brought to you in association with Labbooks. Just click the link on the description to the show, sign up and get a free bet up to £50 when you enter the promo code LAD50. Go on, do it. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast, the podcast that powered into one of the major cup finals this week. This week on Heart and Hand, goals and uh, what's that coming from the roof? Welcome to Heart and Hand Rangers Podcast. My name is David Edgar. As always, I am your host, and I'm joined this week by pod legend, Mr. Scott Vandenacker. Hello, good evening, and welcome. Um, associate co-host, of course, uh, Scott, um, Scott Vandenacker. Still on probation, um, six years in. You can dress up any way you like, though, but it's still underlying, isn't it? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, it's a title. It's not a raise. No, it's a title. I suppose I should be happy with that. Yeah, you, you take what you can get in this life, mate. That's, that's what I always say. Well, to you. Yeah, to me. Yeah. But it's interesting your intro there. I was I was listening intently, and um, people talk about the Copa America, David, don't they? Mm-hmm. And this thing was it the World Cup? But Can't be, be honest. Did. I think they only have it every four years. Only every four years. It's pretty devalued when you compare it to what is Scotland's fourth leading trophy. Mm. And as Scotland invented the passing game, it was one of the first teams to play international football, and is one of the founding countries of the game. That makes it probably the fourth most important trophy in the world. It's hard to argue. It's hard to argue with that, isn't it? hard to win, as it turns out. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. no, we're running out of chance to win it, so, uh, yeah. Yeah. so, so um, yes, Petrofac, yeah. um, the legendary Petrofac tournament. A lot of players, I mean, Neymar Jr., there's all this stuff about will he stay with Barca or will he go, but a lot of it's because he hasn't got the Petrofac in his CV. I, I heard that that's why he hasn't won the Ballon d'Or yet. Yeah, a lot of players have got it missing. Yeah, um, there are rumours. I think we've got a chance to cement a place in history. Yeah, a legacy. Before we get started this week, Scott, um, got an email to Playback Media. Uh, uh, sorry, ibroxrocks at playbackmedia.co.uk. Our lawyers deal with it. Okay. <laughs> well, in this case, it was um, someone who frequents the Celtic boards. Right. Yeah, I know. And uh, apparently, it was a thread about us. Hey. And uh, yeah, I mean, they, like seconds after the pod was released. <laughs> the guy must have been sitting waiting for it and uh, the, the amount of them that listen to it every week staggers me but they were quite insulting Scott they said that you sounded and I quote here like a big poof well yeah I thought that's what we're going for well that's homophobic for a start off right for, for so called you know people that pride themselves in their left wingery but uh, they also call me Nedgar which is quite hurtful that's quite hurtful I would have thought you'd be quite nice 
dulcet tones. Well, the, the fact is, you know, I might, I may well be an Ed, but I, I live in a massive house and I own loads of stuff and I have loads of money, so you know, <laughs> that's sw- true. Swings and roundabouts, but. I thought I should come up with an insult for this bloke because he's obviously listening. Hello, bloke. And um, I thought, so so what would I do? But it's not as easy as you'd think. So what I thought was I'd go with the classic meme of I shag your whatever, right? But there was inherent difficulties here, Scott. Yeah. The first one I came up with, tell me what you think, is I thought I would go with I shag your girlfriend. But uh, he doesn't have a girlfriend, does he? Doesn't know. So then, if, if he's sitting at home waiting to download Heart and Hand, yes, probably not got a girlfriend. Unlikely, no. and he's not even a Rangers fan. Rangers fan, oh. you've got an excuse, right? Celtic fan, no. So I then thought insult for random huddleboard bloke. Hmm, what do I come up with? And then I thought, ah, I shagged your ma. Classic Scottish meme, right? Yep, can't fail with that. See already, but so is everybody most likely. And he's got no idea who it is anyway. So, then it hit me. Like, I, I, I possibly touched by God, you know, so I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't argue. Inspiration, the muse, if you like, hit me. And then I got it. Yep. I've shagged your sister and she said I was a better ride than you. I like that, yes. That'll hurt him. That'll, that'll hurt him. That will hurt him. He'll be phoning her right now. To inquire if, if in fact, that she had the audacity to say that someone was a better ride than him. So uh, that's my insult to random huddleboard bloke. Um, I, I, I keep listening, mate. You know, it's money in my pocket, so <laughs> why are you in? I, I don't care. Uh, see, see, when you're doing your investigation, can I ask you quickly when you're doing your research? Yes. The huddleboard have any uh, threads about Celtic yet? Oh, I didn't. I didn't go on it. Uh, I wouldn't, right. you know, I, I might go to you know nakedwankingmidgets.com but I'm, I'm not going to infect my computer with that filth. Right. So you know, it's it's not happening. Right. Anyway, um, we should probably talk about football because there's been two matches this week and they've both been quite good. Uh, uh, but a lot to talk about in both. Let's kick off first of all with the St Mirren match. For we'll take them both together. St Mirren four 0 in the the Petrofac and then Dumbarton four 0 in the league. And I, I think if one word came out of those two matches, Scott. That word for me would be patience. Well, yes, that's one of the words um, that I would come up. First thing, can I start by saying that I don't always agree with opposition managers, David, and you know why. You yes. often have a jaundiced view of the game. You see incidents differently. You always that. claim that they should have won, and you know it can be frustrating listening to the post-match interviews. But, but um, Ian Murray hates St Murren fans. Oh God, Ian Murray does. But to be fair, it's mutual. Um, I, I'm yeah. a St Mirren fan, and that relationship, they were awful excited at the start, and now I actually couldn't believe the level of it. But then again, I couldn't believe how far ahead of them we are in the league. It's something like 30 points. Well, can I just see if any St Mirren fans listening in? Because we know what Celtic fans do. So, um, St Morton with no are 12 points ahead of them. Yeah, well, that, that was what really hurt that guy's feelings in particular but uh, yeah I mean yeah transitional season we all knew that but Jesus Christ this is bad and they um, blame also the thing I don't understand is the guy McGinn who they released as surplus to requirements is Hibs player of the season what on earth were they doing? no I don't think they released him because of that I think he was looking for more money uh, ok because he, he seemed to be a sideways move but anyway there is a sideways move absolutely and we should state that first this isn't the St Mirren that you'd normally be facing a team who over the years have been able to Sometimes reach great heights, except when they play Celtic. Yes. Um, 
and uh, they, are, they are pretty shit. But what has happened in the last two games has been a return of this thing. Do you remember, David? Uh, uh, behind each sort of, you know, where the stands are at the end, the netty thing. Yes. It's sort of like between two sticks. Well, that's, big, that's called an onion bag. Okay. And we've hit it regularly. Hit it many times. Whereas the onion bag on our side hasn't been ruffled in the slightest. No, it all looked like getting ruffled. What we're doing with our possession, and of course the pod has picked this up so many times. Well, that's just how it's changed, obviously. So it's, I mean, obviously they're listening to us. We are using the possession to keep teams away from our goal and to put teams under pressure with it. So it's not a 70% possession sideways. It's a form of defence and a form of attack. I like it. Yeah. What we've been doing with... I heard people say, well, Dumbarton and the Dumbarton manager said this. He'd be tired in the second half and some other managers said something similar. And like, yeah, but it wasn't by accident. It's because we were moving the ball quickly all over the park and you were having to chase us and eventually you didn't have the legs to chase us and our probing led to, to opportunities. Well, we've all done for a few weeks. Yeah. Now, yes, Marin did hit the post and it could have changed the game. Didn't we won 4-0, right? And I'm not going to sit and reflect on could-haves and would-haves because we had plenty of chances and could have been 4 up at half-time. So you can't do that. But we do need to be more clinical. We know that. We've said that for a long time. And I think everyone agrees on that. We'll come to that in terms of players that we're linked with. But... I think what was heartening to see was that the players... See, I, I don't get this thing where you're playing really well for half an hour and you haven't scored, but you're all over them, you're making chances and you stop doing what you've been doing. I never get that, you know. Um, panic setting in. It's just keep doing what you're doing, it'll come. And you could see that in both matches. I would say that the crowd, not all of them, um, and not even a majority of them, but we, we do have enough that, that, that you can hear them. Not every attack is going to lead to a goal. And the game ends after 90 minutes. So therefore, don't panic if after 50 minutes, we're only one up. Mm -hmm. Because that really kind of frustrates me. Last night of the game, I heard people shouting things like, get in the box, when we had one guy in the box and five defenders. No, don't get it in the box. That's stupid. You know, let's let the team play football. They're very good at it. Opposition teams struggle to cope with it over the course of 90 minutes. You don't have to have the game won in the first 20 and you're gonna. You know, it's not that we didn't score goals in both these matches. You saw some terrific goals in both matches. Mm-hmm. I think what we've not been doing in weeks. Fans were frustrated because we've been playing the passy, touchy, really ticky tacky game too slowly and in front of teams. And as you see, we haven't been stretching them from side to side. Whereas the last two games, we've been trying again to up the intensity. We have been dragging teams about, and of course, it might take time. And um, I think you're right. You only go out after 50 minutes, but if you're playing the game the right way, at the right tempo and pace, teams are going to tire and get fed up chasing the ball. And you just have to... The answer's not to get a six-foot-three target man and lump it oh forward. God, it really is. Um, it, it, there's more to the game. What we were doing wrong was tempo and, and yes, directness. 100%. Not what we were trying to do. The style we were trying to play wasn't wrong. No, it was exactly what you say. It was just that we weren't playing at a tempo. And also the thing that I like, particularly in the Dumbarton game, is... After doing that, maybe tiring them out, we actually upped the tempo at the start of the second half. And when you do that, then tiring legs will struggle to cope with it. It's If you drop your tempo as they tire, then you negate the benefit you get from them not being as fit as you. Yep. Um, whereas last night we came out and we really, really went for it. And you know you, you saw the results were excellent. Speaking of the results, both games crucial. I mean, it's so clear going forward that especially at Ibrox, with the exception of Hibs and maybe a cup tie, and probably not in cup ties actually, we're going to face 10 men defences. 
every mm. week. So that, that's what it's going to be, and it is going to sometimes be sludgy if we don't get an early goal. The first goal is absolutely crucial, but the second one is the pivotal one because they don't come out at 1-0 because they think we might get a long shot or a corner, you never know. They come out at 2-0 and that opens up a bit of space. So it's not so much about getting the first goal, although it is, you know, obviously, in any football match, it's the cliche for a reason, it's quite important. It's getting that second one. That gives us the freedom to play. And you saw yep. that, especially against St. Marin, I thought. I mean, I think... Maybe it's a confidence thing as well, the way things have been going. But, but yeah, the team, when they got that second goal, on both occasions, they, they just went on. They went on to get more and looked really hungry. Um, it's like you're saying an interesting point about psychology. If you're St. Murren or Dumbarton, and you get a half-time break, and you've barely got your breath back, and Rangers come out even faster at the start of the second half, of course that's a huge blow. Yeah. That's what we, that's what we weren't doing, I think, the last few weeks, maybe longer. We've been letting teams back in the game. We've been taking a breather during the game, slowing it down, passing it in front of them. That just lets them get back into it, get more people back. You have to discombobulate them while you're on top. And as you see, I know we're going to lead on to it anyway, but it's down to the players now psychologically as well finish some of these chances. It's not that we're not creating any, but you are right. We're going to have to put them away earlier and start putting teams to bed because then we can go and really express what we're trying to do. But... We cannot miss as many sitters as we're doing. It is somewhat of a problem. Oh, it absolutely is, because we, we touched on this last week. When we were making 20 chances and burying five, it's not so bad. But when you're making eight chances, you know, obviously then the percentage drops. And when you're making maybe four across a match, you should win the match with that. But we don't always take them. And, and that costs us against Livingston uh, and costs us against Hibs as well. You know, we had the chances what? against Hibs and we should have won that match. Uh, you may even say if you really wanted to be picky had Blackhorn put away that fairly easy header against St Johnson it goes to 3-2 with 35 minutes left who knows but then I'm doing what I said earlier I shouldn't do which is you know if you're more had boss etc etc to then move on to a couple of performers for the last two games um, man of the match in both for me Jason Holt Scott he's been excellent and we picked him out early in the season and uh, later on this week we've got a little thing coming at you um, a, a little pod on our, our very mini pod don't get excited on our players of the season where we talk more about Holte but Scott give the, the listeners uh, some a taste of how much we love Jason Holt we love Jason Holt because he was well well within budget exactly the kind of player that Mark Warburton would have been looking for and fitted the profile in terms of age and willingness to learn. Mm, it's just it's worked probably a bit even better than people could have thought. At Hearts, he had quite a robust style, I think. He was seen as being small, always wanted to take touches, always wanted the ball, hugging possession, and they couldn't see a role for him. I think the way we play is probably more suitable for the player, and I'm sure it's suitable for Hearts. I mean, they don't seem to have missed a beat. I think it's worked out brilliantly. He came to us for that amount of money. It's, it's going to be great for us and great for him as well no, I love watching him, he's so clever he's involved in everything that we do uh, when we're attacking and he's now starting to add goals to his game and he's just a really classy player and yeah people say oh I wonder if he can do it in the SPFL top division but I, I don't know, time will tell but I'm enjoying watching him just now and I think he's young enough to learn and he certainly has the ability um, a couple of mentions I'd, I'd also like to point out Tav um, has dropped a little bit and had an absolute shocker I thought against Dumbarton looks actually a wee, like, weirdly like a wee bit of a loss of confidence I think when he's scoring a lot of goals his confidence was up but 
recently, for whatever reason, we've talked about it, the lack of pace that we've shown, maybe taking a wee, a wee lull, he was under a bit more pressure. Mm. I think he got horsed a few times by wide players. You're right, and he seems to have taken it really, you know, I think it's really set him back. Mm. It's not he's, a lack of effort. I mean, he was, he was trying his heart out uh, last night. It just, he, he couldn't, you know, nothing went right. Although, even in a bad night, he set up that first goal with a terrific cross. Yeah, I mean, he's still he's a good player. He's a very modern fullback. See, you and I are probably not the best people to judge because fullbacks that can't defend and they're judged entirely on how many goals they can get. Yeah. Something that I still can't get my head around. No, I'm, I'm um, I think if you can't defend as a defender, then it's a pretty poor starting point. But that's not the way it is now. Um, hopefully he cracks in a few long-range goals and gets his confidence back. Mm. But yeah, also I think there's been a nice return from uh, Martin Wycon. Yes, and Andy Halliday as well, last two matches in particular. He was struggling a bit. He was. And I think, you may not agree, but there's been a bit of a return to form from uh, Big Kiernan. No, uh, I, like, I like Big Kiernan. You know, I agree with you. Yeah, he's had his critics, but I think he's been the best of the central defenders and is getting better, I think. I so, think so too, and again, it's the age profile. I mean, the guy can learn if, he, if he's got the right attitude. He's got a good manager, and he's got one of the best centre halves you could possibly learn from sitting in the dugout each week. So, yeah. Totally yep, so agree. there's confidence signs um, that things are starting to. You don't know what happens at a club, you've got no idea what's happening at training. And we've said this before they're not the best squad in the world. And maybe that intensity that Barcelona or the Bayern Munich have, maybe it's beyond them every week. Mm. And maybe they always hit a, a mid season slump. Well, you know, better teams than the Rangers have done have done exactly the same. Um, yeah. I've had a mid-season slump, or in Ali's last team, a whole-season slump. <laughs> they managed to go pretty much August to May. Yeah, get, getting worse each week uh, up until Ali left. Now, um, oh, before I move on to the next bit, uh, Jordan Thompson starts to get a few yes. minutes and look, looks decent. Uh, where did we pluck him from again? It was down south, wasn't it? He was an ex-man, he'd been released, but he was an ex-man youth player. Oh, yeah. He... Um, there's been some good things said about him, and apparently some of the under the development squad. Yeah, apparently he's been showing up really well. One of these players that I think uh, Warburton would love, in that he's got a good first touch and he likes to keep the ball and pass it, keeps it moving, doesn't give away possession. And I think you're always going to be a player. We've talked about this in the pod for five years, David, haven't we? Yeah. Players we've always lacked are the players that can keep the ball, keep the ball moving. With far too many up and at them, you know, combative types. You need players that can keep the ball passable. There's no level of football anywhere in Europe that where anybody can run faster than the ball. Yeah, absolutely. You need footballers, and um, apparently he is one. And last night he came on, and yeah, yeah very, I, very encouraging. Very yeah, encouraging. It's, it's a good sign. It's it's nice to see. I've been watching the Brian Clough and reading the book about the Brian Clough document. Oh, it's not Brian Clough specifically, but Nottingham Forest. You know, their European Cup winning team. I believe yeah. in miracles. Both the book and the movie highly recommended. People for your Christmas list. Um, just fantastic stories. And uh, Clough's way of management was, you know, superb. Obviously, he, he wasn't great on tactics. Um, in particular, he said to one of his, uh, to a couple of his players, he's like, "Look, you can't play football. He can, so get it and give it to him." I like, <laughs> I, that. I like that. But the other thing, he, it was brilliant. Um, it was Martin O'Neill said he said to us at one point, "This is our pitch, and if anyone's going to come here and have more of the ball on our pitch, then I'm going to fall out with you." Uh, and I love that. I think that's just yep. such a great, such a great um, maxim to have. I think you know, yeah, it's, it's our pitch, and we're going to have the ball, and you can do the chasing. So, uh, should probably bring up before we move on from the matches, the stadium 
It was a bizarre sight in the Dumbarton match of people in the Govan front, uh, one particular section, having to move to the Broomland because uh, a, a, what looked to me like a bit of rigging had come off the roof. Um, didn't look massively dangerous, it was a bit felt, but we've said for a long time there are issues with the stadium and um, maybe this is a sign that we're going to have to look to, to getting redevelopment done sooner rather than later. I think there's a few things here. I think the stadium's looking tired. You've got to remember what a mess the board inherited. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not blaming the board for that. No, no, no. We've said this, though. See if you had to get a list of priorities for Rangers. It's all of them. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's a priority. Nothing's been done. Nothing's been spent. I went earlier in the season uh, to Broomy. Yeah. Broomy in front. And uh, the toilets were an absolute disgrace. It was just, honestly... Was that after it, you'd finished in them? No, no, no. Right, okay, just in case. I'd of you walking out going, I, honestly, I wouldn't go in there, mate. I, I'd give it five minutes. Give it five minutes. Um, it was just, it's, it's not good. But, it, apparently, now we've got a few people who know these things, or say they do, you know, who are in out a lot. Say they're talking £3 million plus. I don't know if we have all that at the moment. Remember, you've just had your birthday, David, haven't you? Recently. Your birthday. And the stadium, the first one that was put down, the first one that was opened by Liverpool, I believe, Liverpool FC. It's almost as old as you. Yeah, like, yeah. People think, oh, it's an all-seater stadium. So, and it is a masterpiece, especially the main stand. Parts of them are 35 years old. Yeah. It's, it's, it needs done up. Of course it does, like any building. It needs new cladding, new pointing, electrician, electric, uh, electrician work done. You need to learn how to say the word electrician. An electrician. Yeah, well, yeah. And nothing's been done at all yeah, for you years. Went, you went no Harry like, Kane there. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so we need to do it. The trouble is, of course, we're saying to the board, you need to spend all your money in uh, youth development and training and coaching. Oh, and the first team. Oh, and the stadium's collapsing. Yeah, and oh, and could you keep a million pound back to sue all the, the media we hate? Yes. It's difficult. The fans, we want it all, we want it yesterday. Yeah. Because we're Rangers fans. You've said this since the first issue of the pod. Rangers aren't a club like any other club. Rangers are a club like a handful around the world where we demand stuff and when it's achieved, we simply demand other stuff. <laughs> that's, that's what we do. That's who we are. Yeah, and there's but Bayern, maybe Man U. There's a few clubs in the world where the fans are like, ah, that's all right. It's like someone once wrote about Richard Goff. I think he himself, he was talking in an interview and he said, uh, the Rangers is tough because you lift a trophy, you raise it to the fans, and you know that every one of the fans is just waiting for August for the kickoff of the next season. <laughs> and and that it's a tough place to be, and the board are realising that now. But yeah, stadiums are one of the things and it does need done, and we're not going to forget about it. That's the problem at Rangers. We know, and we're going to keep reminding them, but... I'm sure they'll get around to it. The club's won by good guys now. No, good. absolutely. Um, Scott, Mark Warburton being linked with Fulham. Your thoughts? Yeah. My thoughts would be he would end up worse off than when he was at Brentford. He well, in the bottom half. Yeah, they sack managers every eight months. Sack managers every, every eight months. They used to have a statue of Michael Jackson outside the stadium. And nothing's gone right for him since he got rid of it. Well, that's actually true. Maybe that was the, the tactical font that they used mm-hmm. maybe they rubbed the Mi- oh no let's not go rubbing the Michael Jackson no let's, let's. A, that could lead to problems um, my, my view on it is this right Mark Warburton will at one point leave Rangers for a bigger league not a bigger team but a bigger league uh, in my opinion right we have to accept that now people are saying here's the I, I'm not going to make us a hostage of fortune to say no no you'll definitely not leave I, I don't know um, the only person who does is Mark Warburton um, so, and Mrs Warburton and, and Mrs Warburton true but 
I, I, I don't know. Now, I see people on websites and on Twitter making the point by saying, oh no, he won't leave because they do this at Fulham and they do that and he's building something and all the rest of it. You don't know. And the fact of the matter is that in the case of Mark Warburton, any argument you make is comes from the starting point you want, which is you say, I want him to stay and therefore here are all the reasons why he will stay. Yes. You could equally go the other way and say, I want him to go and here are all the reasons we want him to go. I think he'd be mad to do it. That I can say, you know, 100% honestly, but I don't know. I hope he doesn't. I don't think he will, but I don't know. So I we're, we're not going to be one of those pods that sits there and tell oh, he'll definitely not go and here's why, because we don't know. There's pros and cons. I think the two things are, I, I, not in our favour is the fact that his family haven't moved up and he's talked before about he loves going down, but you know, he doesn't see them enough. Yeah. That's eventually going to be a factor. Secondly, he's from London, where Fulham are from, and he will want to manage again down south. Mm. In our favour is the fact that Fulham have no consistency, no infrastructure as such, and as you see, the sack managers every every five months. He's not going to like that. And secondly, they're in the bottom half fighting relegation rather than part of a project that's going to get promoted. And I think overall, when you, I think we're going to have him for another season or two. Yes, mm-hmm. I've seen a, a couple of seasons for West Brom, Villa. We cannot say that he'll never leave because he loves. He's, people say this thing was it? Oh, he's now one else. He's become. He's not. Yeah. Will eventually pursue his career. Yeah. I don't think Fulham at the moment I don't think Fulham at the moment will be enough to take him away from us No but we, I, but we, know, but we don't know But we don't know and if he does go next week's pod we're going to edit all this to make it look like we thought he was definitely going Yeah of course Yeah, yeah. We were always at war with Eurasia Yes Frankly um, We've been linked with a couple of players from Accrington Stanley which I think is brilliant I think we'd love to sign players from Accrington Stanley uh, and see if we could also get players from Corinthians as well while we're yeah. at it um, Matt Crooks, who's defence midfielder, and Josh Windass, who is an attacking midfielder and the son of uh, spectacularly thick former Aberdeen striker Dean. Indeed. Um, now, I'm hoping that the lad Crooks is Darth Crooks' son. He's not. Well, he doesn't look like it, can I put it that way? He might have a. No, let's not go there. Um, okay, so, I think apparently the lad Windass is quite good. What is interesting, David? Or is it? You tell me. I don't know. Is it the agent of both of these lads was apparently a guest of the club at the Dumbarton game? Yeah. This shows you that it might not be smoke. Now, we've often talked about smoke and fire. As you know, it's a theme in this programme. Mm. Um, we believe there's no smoke without fire. Mm-hmm. Even though it's fires that we often light. Yes. But yes. it would assume that they're talking to certain agents about certain players, certainly. It would assume that there are some sort of things going on. And apparently Windass is quite good. Yeah. And people have been talking about him as being a, a great prospect. So... Yeah, I mean... He's not going to bring his dad, though, is he? Frighten the wind. Uh, Dean Windass, I don't know. Oh. He's, he's like the whole city's version of uh, Stuart McCall at Bradford, you know? He's he's a bit of a gonk type figure. I don't know. I'm sure Aberdeen fans think that he was good, but I can't remember, because we used to win all the time. Yeah, he, was, he was quite I've got an Aberdeen relative, as you know. No, he, Aberdeen he, brother-in-law. Yeah. They'll tell me about some of the greats. Yeah. And all I remember is us pumping them and winning all the trophies. Yeah, no, he, he so was, their greats didn't good. feature on our radar, really. Yeah, no, he, he was he was a decent player. He was not Nigel Pepper, but he was a decent player. We've also signed a guy from... Uh, well, not from, he'd been released by Feyenoord, uh, comes with a reputation, young player, Tariq Fagrach. And uh, comes with a... hothead, apparently. Mm-hmm. What's that? A hot head. Yes, but have a hot head and uh, released from from Feyenoord for it. But seventeen, it's just a punt, isn't it? Punt. The other thing about it is Rotterdam 
is mental. <laughs> yes. So if you grew up in a housing estate in Rotterdam, the chances are you're going to be a bit mental anyway, and I wouldn't worry too much about that. Um, as you say, you pick him up for buttons, you train him, you put him in the development squad, and if he's just a total psycho who can't concentrate on his football, you release him. Mm-hmm. Find another club. I don't see the harm in that at all. Mm. Now, the last thing this week in the football section of the pod is the AGM, which failed last week and was a bit different to last year's AGM. And uh, the main news coming out of it is that the board are going to pay Mike Ashley back the five million that the board shamefully drew down unnecessarily uh, last year, just before they were forced at the club to give Ashley a bit more leverage in the event that they were forced out the club. Your thoughts? Well, my, my, my thoughts are confused. Um, basically, in terms of the onerous deals, shall we use that phrase? Yes. It doesn't help. No. What it does help with, though, is he will have absolutely no say over the assets of the club. Yes. Which were, of course, used as leverage for the, the loan. Mm-hmm. So, stadium, training pitch, he's gone from all of that. So, it's a, probably a good idea. Um, it's a lot of money we don't really have, but it, as you say, it should never have been drawn down. It wasn't necessary. And setting that right is something that I think is good. However, it doesn't seem to impact in any way on this utter bullshit deal with Sports Direct, yes. which is still going to, I think, end up in the courts regardless. Yeah. So, mixed feelings. It helps a bit. I'm glad the fact is that we can't default on payment and he ends up having anything to do with a stadium or training pitch. Mm-hmm. So, and that's probably worth it alone. Yeah, agreed. 100%. Totally agree with that. Okay, then, now... Just before we go into this week's Sporting Integrity section, the pod, as you noticed, is not brought to you for love, it's brought to you for advertising dollars. And with that in mind, a short ad. Sporting Integrity is the section when we look around the world of sport and see, well, what the hell's been going on basically, in terms of people who are fan bands. I think yes. that's a fair description. Scott, the floor you, is yours. I'll give you an example, okay, of a, of a sporting integrity fan dan. Imagine, if you will, David, you and your neighbours from the same city had over the years had to face teams like Arsenal, Fenerbahce, Parma, in the qualifying rounds, okay? Yes. It then got made easier by a thing called the Champions Route. Yes, where you have to play, like, Sporting kickoff of uh, Bratislavovia. Yes, you then took this Champions Route, made an arse of it twice in one season. Yep, and get pumped out of Europe repeatedly by nobody. Then you then try to get together with other clubs, apparently such as Ajax and Feyenoord, to say that it's still no fair because we're not getting through the qualifying rounds. Mm. That's sporting integrity, folks. That's the kind of thing we're talking about. The, the thing is with the terms, right? They it, say oh, it's not fair. Firstly, it's not about fairness, right? And it's, it's beyond naive and actually criminally sad and pathetic and childlike to try and pretend that it is. Um, I'm sure they'll, they'll be getting the word sport and integrity out now. It's like a it's like a comfort blanket. You actually find more of them now in the East End than you do like sort of, um, people asking you for two bob for a cup of tea. So it's it, it's just a total false right. It's basically yeah, we need the money and we find it too hard to get in. Going to make it easier. Their case would have been a lot better had they not brought so little to the table in Europe this year. Yeah. If they qualified for the group stage. Yeah, and you could legitimately argue. Well, they Celtic have to throw this, yeah. Getting pumped out and then going to other teams have been pumped out and saying, this isn't fair. 
doesn't really it's just sour grapes yeah it's, it's, it's very Celtic before you you head off on the old sporting integrity Scott um, a couple of things I want to mention firstly about why you should maybe change your branding when you go to different markets an Indian sportswear company have launched uh, worldwide but we're part of the world here and I don't know if it's going to take off over here because their brand name is Spunk right so, so you'd be covered in spunk you would be covered in spunk head to toe you could wrap yourself in, in spunk now you and I wouldn't because we don't wear sportswear unless we're playing sports yeah even then I mean I would go you know play sevens and I'd have to just get myself spunked up really so, yeah you'd be in a changing room full of men covered in spunk now admittedly that's most Monday nights but different reasons here to show I did there I I did, yes. That whole thing was just so I could say that you got covered in spunk by all your mates, you know, the who's the the hobbity one and the wee guy and you know, all your wee sad mates. Yeah. But I tell you, me and the crazy boys can give you a leather, mate, that's all I'm saying. Oh, you probably could, but let's be honest, you wouldn't get through my bodyguard. <laughs> that's true. You know what I mean? No no one knows you live now. Yeah, so you move to the country and yeah. it's just I don't know. Exactly. Uh Herman's here. But the other thing I want to mention is Gary Neville. <laughs> of a shock development although the, the clues are there I suppose you look at it Gary Neville has been appointed manager yeah. of Valencia now the reason it's maybe not as utterly left wing as it seems is firstly and obviously Phil Neville is there already as he's just been promoted to assistant manager and the owner of Valencia is Peter Lim who probably not coincidentally owns 51% of Salford City yes which of course uh, Gary Neville and the Class of 92 are famously involved in as well. But yeah, I mean, I think it's still a surprising one. But Phil Neville, right? Talk about... He's just never getting out of Gary's shadow, is he? Ever. It's just not going to happen. See, at school, I guarantee you that Gary Neville would see Phil sniffing around a bird and go and shag her more attractive older sister, just to show he could. Absolutely. In fact, the night Phil lost his virginity, I'm pretty sure after, just finished, and in the darkness came the voice, all right, Phil... Yeah, yeah. I'm going next. <laughs> Hi, but uh, best of luck to us. Very interesting. Uh, sad for all his Monday night football viewers because he's he's been terrific. And fair play to Jamie Carragher who tweeted uh, absolutely gutted. This is like when Peggy Arfex had left Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, so fair play to him. But I uh, probably said to him at the time. He probably probably said to him, "How <laughs> Yeah, undoubtedly. Undoubtedly, you know, I, mean, I mean, I think it was the least they could do. So this is usually the the my erection section. Yes. What what I would like to say is, you know, we had to be advert break earlier. If anybody would like to sponsor the section, they'd be like, "Hey, I'm Scott, and this sporting integrity is brought to you by." And feel free, send me stuff, chocolate, cake, a magazine, anything. To be honest, some old I don't know, some old secondhand cutoffs you've got. Yeah. No matter what you make, bits of fencing, I don't know, gardening implements. Yeah, that, that would be quite cool. I think the ideal section for this, this this thing would be a washing powder manufacturer, you know, still using big box powders, don't. Um, that, But because then it could be, like, just off the top of my head, the manufacturer Omo, and then you could say brought to you by a large Omo. I could, yes. Because you wouldn't want to buy the smaller package. No, no, you would just, you would, you would want regular sized Omos are no use at all. If you're going to go... With with Omo, uh, a big Omo. Make sure it's it's a big Omo, or a fairy, fairy as well. I mean, yeah, no, there's so many possibilities. But yeah, I'd never thought of that. Get in touch. You could you could sponsor this section. I'm, Nobody I'm listens, quite cheap. but quite. David will tell you I'm quite cheap. Oh yeah, God yeah, I'm quite cheap. Um, so 
I've got just a few bits and pieces, a few Romanian bits and pieces. You know we like that, don't you? Oh, we really do. Uh, uh, in Brazil, though, where referee Guillermo Serreta has accused Brazil's FA of taking him off the referee's list for being far too beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> he said his male modelling work had made other board members uneasy. <laughs> Why? Why were they uneasy? Why must we all be ugly? Why must refs be ugly? Why can't they be handsome and lovely like me? That's a very good point. FA officials, however, deny prejudice. A spokesman from Brazilian MA said he was actually just a really substandard referee. Yeah, well, that's a, that's a fair point. Well, to be fair, most of our referees are ugly and they're shit. And substandard, I know. So, you know. One out of two. Not so. mutually exclusive. Oh, that, that's good. I love his attitude. Uh, I love that guy's attitude. Reminds me Why of Why did they sack me? Because I'm so beautiful. They didn't, mate, but still. Yeah, but still. Um, but he's, he's got his looks to he, fall back on. Of course, so, and then we go off to Romania, of course, right? Cool. We, we, a Romanian hat-trick to bring us home. First of all, Gigi Bacali. Now, you know he's crazy, yes. don't you? Oh, yeah. Now, you know the things he's done. Let's just give one example, of course, was a suspended jail sentence for kidnapping, <laughs> amongst okay. many other things. Um, has become furious. You know he's been released from prison, and he's now a born-again Christian. Yes. And one of his players was alleged, alleged have done a little bit of domestic violence well that's not good so it's not good but it's alleged right and G- Gigi was asked to comment on this and of course he's not a man to comment oh hold on hold on he's a vagabond <laughs> okay thug, thug scum yes he's talented how can you hit women possible vagabond scum ah never that's my opinion uh, I'm with Gigi on that one yes so that's the thing see if you're a Romanian journalist and it's a slow day Ask Gigi for an opinion. He really does have a lot of them. Well, you know my views on domestic violence. You should never punch a woman. Unless, of course, you're too drunk to kick her. Yes. That's a joke. That is a joke. I I frown on domestic violence. It's a joke, right? Just before I have gangs of of angry people marching, uh, looking for me in in rural Ayrshire, I I don't think that at all. It's just a horrible, misogynistic joke. Can I tell you something, in fact? Go on. Last time I was down at David's, myself and Robbie went down to see to see David, folks. And so delighted were we with, with your, your wife, your now wife Sally, who's such a lovely lady, isn't she? Yeah. We actually, Robbie'd come from India. We brought her some sportswear. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> Covered her in spunk. We did. So well, I'm tempted to buy some just to give it to people for Christmas, so I can say, look, I've covered yeah. you in spunk. It's a joke that's going to keep on giving. Yeah, like, they could, maybe, they're they're maybe they're going to make a fortune. See, I think it could actually go the other way. I think people will be buying it for the, for the, I don't know, the durability, the stickability. Because <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. you, you know, actually, it's the mistake that every young man makes. You make it once, you masturbate in the bath, right? Oh. And you don't realise that what water does to jism... Uh, and it just sticks you in it and you need to have another shower and scrub yourself with like Ajax and I don't mean the football and then clean the bath out with the shower head yeah oh this is vile so yeah you, you, you could be right there right onwards Astra coach Marius Sumudika who I think used to play for Romania as an internationalist yeah Astra had a good side didn't they Marius Sumudika who side now they face a points deduction over debts so what basically happened was Ion Nikolai a big big favourite of the show yes jailed finally for all the things that he'd done that we reported to <laughs> yes. you and so he decided in the huff to cut off funding for Astra so he's not longer their chairman bastard right? so I'm getting money and they're facing a points deduction and the coach decided that he had to advise club officials on what he and the players thought from their point of view because they're obviously at the receiving end of this and it's a tough transitional period and he said 
the board can't solve this, they have to quit. Because if they fail, then it means everyone at the club's a cretin and an utter and complete retard. Well, it's pretty harsh language. Yes, from a, from a coach. That's his opinion, though. Everyone at the club's a cretin and a complete retard. And finally, I'm going to end with Farul Constanta. Lovely little Farul, OK? OK. Before the match in Romania, the P announcer brought the players together and asked for a minute's silence. Players held hands, the fans took their hat off because it was for their long-standing bus driver. No. He'd driven the players about the coach, Jan Podaru. Okay? Okay. Not Pod Legend, no. Podaru. Okay? Um, and it's it's terrible and everyone stood silently and then afterwards they clapped and he's, you know, he's his picture up on the screen. And then at half-time, the PNM announcer came on and said, Ladies and gentlemen, John Podaru hasn't died. <laughs> this is a regrettable error. He's fine. <laughs> there you go. Well, that's good news for the Podaru family. It's very good for the Podaru family. I'm sure some of the fans who'd been shedding a tear as they stood silently were probably slightly bemused. But there's a mistake that I have to make. The planned minute silence was for somebody that wasn't actually dead. See, I've always wanted to do that, to sort of fake my own death so I could see... You know, people. I would. I would expect much weeping and and wailing and tears, and then I could come out. Got my life. You know. I think there'd be a lot of wailing and weeping of tears, as I couldn't find your vinyl collection. Yeah, it's true. I'd smash yeah. it actually with my dying breath. Would you? Yeah. You, you wouldn't leave us in, would you? No. Similarly, I'm going to oh. suck down my gold teeth because those those paramedics have got sticky fingers. <laughs> you just you torture house. Yeah, right? exactly on the way out. So no, absolutely. I'll be like an Egyptian pharaoh. I expect you all buried with me. Frankly, that's exactly. What, that's what I'm do. Okay, the winner of that I think has got to be the referee there. So what was his name? It's got to be uh, Guillermo Chiretta. Congratulations, Guillermo! You're the winner of this week's Sporting Integrity Award. Okay, that's pretty much it from us this week. All that remains for me to do are a little bit of housekeeping. So firstly, can I tell you how to get in touch with us? You can follow us on the Twitter machine by just you know getting on to, to Twitter and you can follow me it's at Ibrox Rocks. You can follow Scott at Scott Hearthand. We're on Facebook, and uh, very amusingly too. Uh, just search for Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. And you can email us, like the person who emailed me about the, the, the huddle board thing. It's uh, ibroxrocks at playbackmedia.co.uk. I would like to thank our executive producers in London, Mr Mike Lee and Mr Paul Myers, our sound engineer, Mr Charlie Ashworth, and thank you, Mr Scott Vandenacker, for gracing us with your presence. Thank you. I would like to thank the Huddle Board for boosting our uh, listening figures as well. Yeah, well well done to them. Uh, my name's David Edgar, I'm your host, and I'll talk to you again this time next week. Cheers, bye. This show is brought to you in association with Lab Books. Just click the link on the description to the show, sign up and get a free bet up to £50 when you enter the promo code LAD50. Go on, do it. This is a Playback Media production served to you in association with Why Not Think People. Sports Social Podcast Network.